<laughs> All right. We'll wait here. Right. <laughs> oh, I thought that Rosa might have seen us, didn't you? My heart nearly flaming stopped beating. Look, I might as well say this now. Oh, oh. Make sure we've got this crystal clear at the outset. Right. If you get yourself knocked off tonight, mate, if you get yourself propped, if you do a ruddy jam jar on me... Right. I'm taking a milky penneth and I'm leaving you to face the Oxo on your Jack Jones, all right? Right. I only want to make myself clear. I'm no steamer, me. I know, mate. I'm no kite. No. But I've been fullied and I never want to get fullied again. Have you ever done a tray on the cave grinder? No, I, I can honestly say I... No, I, I don't think so, no. Well, I have sunshine, so don't you black it up. That's all I'm saying. No, I won't. I won't. Don't you flaming black it up. The Adventures of Inspector Steed by Lynn Truss. Episode 2, Separate Tables. Dear Father... Well, things have progressed a little since my last letter. Since my fortnight at Scotland Yard, I feel so sure that criminal records are the way forward for police work. But I made the mistake last week of taking the inspector to see that excellent film, The Long Arm, in which a clever safebreaker's identity is discovered by officers doggedly matching criminal records to the known facts. And I fear I may have made matters worse than they were before. Nearly done it, Mrs G. It was still tuned to the sergeant's Radio Luxembourg. Ah, oh, bless him. Where is he now, eh? Well, to be frank, Mrs G, he seems to be virtually everywhere. True, true. Every time he bleeding, look round. Do you think he actually will carry out his threat to kill the inspector, dear? I suppose he might. Well, I've made us both a nice cup of tea, dear. No point in us all suffering unnecessarily, eh? Ah, here we are. Here, the, the BBC Home Service. And, oh, just in time. Oh. And now, at nine o'clock... I took the inspector to the Regency Flicks the other evening, Mrs. G, to see the long arm. Well, I hope you brought him a bag of nuts to make up for it, dear. It makes a jolly impressive case for the use of criminal records. I know, dear. I went with Vince. Oh, how he laughed. Oh, dear. Oh, Lord. Here you are, dear. Good evening. This is it. I'd like to talk to you all tonight about a widespread misconception concerning modern British policing methods. Quite right, too, dear. Hold on to your helmet. Cleverness is all very useful in its place. Uh... But in the police force, cleverness, sheer brain box intellectualizing little grey cell cleverness, 
can and never replace the tireless application of shoe leather on tarmac. Oh. With the very proposition that a criminal... Oh, Lord, your face, dear. You should see your ruddy face. I heard your broadcast, sir. Excellent. Hmm. Ovaltine. I love these mugs, don't you? It was... It was very powerful, sir. Jolly good. It seems odd to be here in Luigi's without Brunswick, doesn't it? I have to say, I feel as though he's still here with us in some special way. As if he's still close by. Well, technically speaking, sir, he isn't far. Well, what do you mean? In, um, in spirit? He's behind the counter, sir. Is he where? There, sir. Where? Just there, sir. Oh, my God. That's Brunswick. I had a feeling you hadn't spotted him, sir. I wonder, therefore, if it's worth pointing out that Mrs. Groins is also present, sir. Is she where? In the corner booth with Ventura Lucas Vince. Um, oh, yes. And I don't suppose it's worth mentioning that Diamond Tony and an interesting unknown gentleman, sir, who were also in that corner, have just finished two frothy coffees. Huh? One of which the unknown villain happened to stir absent-mindedly with the barrel of a Colt 45 until Diamond Tony told him to put it away because he noticed the coppers present. Meaning us, sir. Did Brunswick see us? Well, yes, sir, I think he did. Oh, are you sure? He might not have done. I think he must have done, sir. Hmm? He served us, sir. Oh. He's also been staring at us since we sat down. My lip-reading skills are a little bit rusty, but what he appears to be saying repeatedly is... <clears throat> I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll flaming kill him. I'll kill him, sir. Hmm. The, the word flaming is relatively easy to pick out, sir, if you care to look, as it involves an unambiguous labiodental fricative. Or, oh, look, he's coming over, sir. Oh, you finished with that dish, have you, Inspector? Yes, thank you. Chocolate sauce, all right, was it? It was lovely, yes. Why? I'll kill him. I'll flame and kill him. Uh, I, I'm still drinking my overseen, sir, but uh, if you'd like no, to take... No, no, you carry on, son. I've got no argument with you. Oh, it was an accident, Brunswick, for pity's sake. Sir, We were on the ghost train. The man had put his hands around my neck. How was I to know he was just reconstructing a moment from Brighton Rock? I'm sorry. Please, sir. I'm sorry I killed the man you'd waited all your life to meet. What more can I say? But it was self-defence. I promise you, it was self-defence. Sorry, Mike, just collecting some empties. What can I get you? Oh, yeah. Two more of these frothy coffees and a rum barber. You're a, a friend of Tony's, then? Why was that copper shouting at you? You see what I have to put up with, Vince? Sometimes I think being a criminal mastermind in this town, masquerading as an armless charlady in the police station, just ain't worth a bleeding candle, dear. Ha! It's a ruddy nightmare, Mrs. G. That fella Brunswick, he getting on my ruddy nerves, that's what. Used to be, he undercover. We know where he ruddy is. We could keep an eye on him in those days, Vince. Exactly. We keep the eye on him. Whenever we get cheese off of him, we get someone ruddy shoot him. He didn't mind. 
Exactly. We did a mine. Easy peas. Bang, bang. Upper Sussex County. Bunch of flour. No hard feeling. Life was beautiful, Mrs. G. Life was bloody beautiful. And now, well, I know, dear. He's gone loco, dear. One minute he's selling the Argus. The next he's planting spring bulbs in the plot by the clock tower. Then he's accordion dancing up the hippodrome. Meanwhile, Mr. Fleet and Cleverclogs over there is drawing maps of the town. Putting in little pins showing where every job's been done. Looking for a pattern. He's only made a file on every known villain in this town, Vince. Every known villain? Yes, dear, including you. You know what he said about that jewellery job I done last week, dear? He said it had all my all marks. Ah, knock his ruddy block off. And you know what he's doing next, of course, once he's got a file on every known villain in this town? What? He's cross-referencing. <laughs> on the beat, sir? Mm-hmm. You want me to go on the beat? But the record, sir... Please, I'm so close. This must be a joke, sir. Please. Don't take that tone with me, Tritton. I've had enough of all this nonsense with maps and statistics and file cards. I've said it before, that sort of clerical work is for girls. If you want a job for a girl, go and work in the florist, Tritton. Go and work in Maison Foufou's or Freeman Hardy and Willis. Oh, sir. Oh, yes, I repeat. Freeman Hardy and Willis. Every non-villain? Blimey, Riley. Every known villain? What are we going to do? Yeah. Who's that over there with Tony? There you go. Ah. Never seen him before, mate. Unknown, mate. He's what you call the Villa Unknown. Yeah. What about my rum barber? It's coming. I've only got one pair of elastics, mate. Afternoon. Well. Afternoon, dear. Here, Tony, mind if we join you and your new friend for a minute? I've had a little idea. Good night. Good night. (laughs) Well, that was all right. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll fly and kill him. I'll kill him. Oh, 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 hello. Sorry, you startled me. Evening. You were in earlier. You were, uh, you're not from round here. <laughs> Room barber. <laughs> you ought to be a rosamate with a brain that sharp. <laughs> me? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> me, a rosa. <laughs> Look, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, what? It's a job, mate. Really? Right. A ribs job. Right. Although I don't think I've ever heard the... Um... A simple four-way ribs job. Under, out, zigzag, flagpole, kibosh, done. Right. Can you manage the zigzag? Oh, I, absolutely. Good. Good man. That's settled then. We ramp the crib at half past nine. We pink the flimsy 65-35. What do you say? Y- you are asking me to assist you in a crime? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm in, mate. You're in? What is in? It means I'll do it. You should say it, then. First rule in this business, sunshine, say what you're flaming me. What really worried me about being sent on the beat was that I would return to the station and find Mrs Groynes had destroyed all my files. So it was quite a surprise when I came in the next morning to find her doing quite the opposite. When I arrived, in fact, she was in the middle of explaining the virtues of the system to Inspector Steen. Although first, I had to get through a locked door. Sir! Inspector Steen! Hmm? Sir! Sir, it's me, 
about that, dear. The inspector. Oh, oh I see. Well, it just occurred to me, Darth, to leave it unlocked all the time. Oh, absolutely, sir. Uh, shall I lock it again? No, oh, but why not? <laughs> Thank you, Twitten. I mean, we don't want just anyone coming in. We don't, dear. Especially not someone with a blood grudge. And, oh, I don't know. A great big hammer, for instance. Uh, that's right, Miss Oh, I don't know. A Stanley knife or a Yes, garage, yes, yes. Or... Thank you, thank you. Here you are, dear. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, uh, pardon my asking, sir, but are those my files? Yes, yes, they are. I, I know you didn't want me to continue with them, sir, but I can explain. No need, no need. Mrs. Grimes has been taking me through them. <laughs> I have to say, very interesting they are, too. Very interesting. Really, sir? Is, it, is this true, Mrs. Coins? I know I wasn't convinced at first, dear. I said to you, didn't I, Constable? I said, all that typing, all that filing, that ain't a job for a man, dear. <laughs> That's what I said, too, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. That's a job for a girl, I said. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my words, exactly. Mm. You might as well work in a ruddy shoe shop. <laughs> yes. But then I thought, well, look more closely, Palmyra. Can I, dear? Um, go ahead. Look, card at random. Here we are. Here's the Constable's card for... For Vince. Uh, would that be ventriloquist Vince, the uh, Punch and Judy man? That's the very fella, Inspector. Oh, not much gets past you now, does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, not much, no. <laughs> so, what's it say here? Let's see. This is Vince, don't forget. Uh, ventriloquist Vince. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Embezzler. Oh, you see, already a specialist. Mm. <laughs> Convictions five, works alone. So, according to your theory, dear, he'll always work alone. Is that right? Uh, that's right. History of weapons. None. Working area, Kemp Town District. Then personal details, strong foreign accent, threatening manner, punch and Judy man, friend of Mrs Groins. Distinctive phrases, knock his block off for him and no mistake. And blimey O'Reilly, oh, it's very good that is. Uh, thank you. It's as if he was in the room. Uh, so the idea is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that you now file Vince's name under embezzling and under works alone and under no weapons, uh, Kemp Town and so on. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, well, I can't see the harm. Really, sir? I think we should give it a try, at least. I mean, I've got to be honest about this. If someone said to me that he'd been recently embezzled in Kemp Town by someone who said in a foreign accent, Blimey, O'Reilly, I'll knock his block off for him, and no mistake, and, and didn't use any weapons or accomplices, but accidentally left behind one of those swazzle, that's the way to do it, things, and a hand puppet with a hooked nose and a bell on its hat, well, <laughs> I personally wouldn't know where to start. I appreciate your honesty, sir, and I know that's true. Hmm. Whereas with this system of yours, Twitten, all lines of inquiry would lead us straight to Vince. I never thought I'd say this, but good work, Constable. Good work. I can't believe it. Thank you, Mrs. Coins. I don't know what you've done. Why don't you but... pick one at random, dear? Oh, um, all right. Take a card, any card. <laughs> what fun. Uh, right. <laughs> we ought to do this every morning. Who'd you get, then? Oh, uh, well, uh, not such a well-known villain. I got a chap called... Chinese Jim. Well, I've never heard of him. I don't think I have either. I don't even remember yeah, typing what's this Sally, one. Dear? Uh, well, um, Chinese Jim, housebreaker, ten convictions, mm. works Clifton area, smokes players' cigarettes, means of entry, skylights, weapons history, guns, lead piping, knives, Ooh, and so on. Dear. Chinese Jim, I, I really can't... Well, all this standing around Jordan won't put a glass and a half of full cream milk into every pound of Cadbury's now, will it, dears? <laughs> no, it won't, uh, Mrs. G. What a character you are. But... <laughs> Oh, is that door still locked? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Oh, well, um, carry on. Do you know what I think? Hello. What, Mrs. Grimes? Sit down again, dear. Oh, uh, all right. Well, I think three things in all. 
I think, first of all, that that desk lamp of the constable's needs a decent polish, so I'd like to take it home with me tonight. And, oh, I know. Perhaps you could give me a lift in your lovely big umber car, dear. About half past nine. Well, well yes, of course, Mrs. Crines. Uh, why not? Half past nine. It is a beautiful car, isn't it? Oh, stunning, dear. Those running boards. Yeah. Now, my second little idea is that the constable stay here and get this all-important cross-referencing done as soon as possible. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, the old thing's ruddy useless until that's finished. Am I right? Well, yes. And the last thing is, what do you say, the very next nab... By which I mean the very next arrest, dear. Oh, right, yes. Should be down to the constable's new system. Like a test, do you see? Excellent. What a good idea. <laughs> Wonderful, <laughs> yes. No, I don't understand. Well, next time there's a break-in, an embezzlement, a robbery or whatnot... Yes. ...even if we know who's done it... Right. ...we see how the files solve it and judge them accordingly. Oh, excellent. What fun! But what if... The You'd better start typing, dear. By my calculations, this lot will take you all night. A sense of foreboding came over me, of course. Why was Mrs. Groyne supporting me in my criminal records plans? How I wish there was someone I could talk to. As it happened, I was due to meet Sergeant Brunswick under the pier at 4pm... But of course he firmly believes, like Inspector Steen, that there is no more to Mrs. Groin's than meets the eye. Plus, of course, he had a few problems of his own. Um, Rip's job. No. Zigzag. No. Steamer. Sorry, sir. Oxo. Uh, that's a sort of gravy, sir. I know that, Twitten. I know that. Have you been falling into... Bad company, sir. Oh, best you don't know, son. Best you're kept out of it. Oh. Being permanently undercover must be very exciting, sir. Yes. You must be very happy. Oh, yes, son. Time of my ruddy life. Down these mean streets, a man must... Shut up, Twitten. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, Mrs. Groin sent you this, sir. An Eccles cake. Why don't you come back, sir? Oh, an Eccles cake. And it's still warm. Well, that's probably from my coat pocket, sir. Oh. Naturally, I was very concerned about the sergeant. But I was concerned about quite a number of things. Why did Mrs. Groin suddenly want to polish my desk lamp? Why was she taking it home? Why was she keeping me out of the way in the office, typing cards all night? This is impossible. It can't be done. Mrs. Groin's is a cunning, cunning, cunning criminal, as I have every reason to know. But what was she up to this time? And who on earth was Chinese Jim? Who's that? There's someone coming. Oh, keep your gullies on. Blimey. Vince? Uh, it's bloody dark, mate. Vince? Oh, no! Who's this? Can't see his bloody face, mate. He's one of us. That's all you need to know. Here. Oh, what is it? You know what to do. Oh, I said, you know what to do. He knows what to do. He don't bloody know what to do. Yes, he does. I know what to do. You see, he knows what to do. He bloody don't, mate. I do! 
Left here, Mrs. Groynes. That's right, dear, and just down the hill a bit. This is very good of you, I must say. How are you going to get that big heavy lamp back to the station when it's all polished? What lamp's that, then? Well, that one. The one you needed the lift for. Oh, that's a very good question. I hadn't thought that far ahead. <laughs> well, all this sitting around jawing won't bring back the late lamented queen of crime, Dorothy L. Sayers, who just died. God bless her, will it now, dear? <laughs> no, I suppose it won't. <laughs> right. A bit more. Oh, right. A bit more. This is it. Right. I'll, um, I'll help you with that. Oh, Hold on. Ta very much. I'll, I'll just, uh... Oh, 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 careful with the horn, Mrs. G. Oh, sorry, dear. Was that me? Oh, I'm ever so sorry, dear. Oh, blimey. Must have got my foot caught. So, that's the signal? Of course it's the signal. Blimey, Riley. Look, I did tell him what to do. Uh, What's wrong with you? Nothing. <sighs> Give it to me, mate. If you want something ruddy done, you do it your ruddy self. Well, Inspector, that was ever so kind of you. Oh, think nothing of it. Well, think something of it. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it again, obviously, so don't ask me. Well, good night. I said, good night, Mrs. Groynes. That's my arm, Mrs. Groynes. I know, dear. Could you let go? I'm sorry. Uh, just let go of my arm. Oh. I'm showing such a weak side. Oh, is that what's happening? It's just that sometimes, dear, a woman living on her own does get a bit worried about, you know, violent crime and whatnot. Oh, surely not, Mrs. Groynes. As you and I both know, the world is much safer than it's cracked up to be. Anyway, I'll be off now. Bye. So you can let go now. Just let go of you, would it? Let go! You couldn't just come indoors with me, Inspector. Call me a silly old sausage, but I've got a kind of... Premonition. No, nonsense, Mrs. G. That's nonsense. Well, no, good night. So quiet, Inspector. What's the time? Just after half past nine. Why? Listen, dear. Just listen to how quiet it is. Ah, quiet. Yes, yes. Ah, very, very quiet. Well, it ah, is... Ah, quiet. Oh, hallelujah. What was that? Oh, my God, God. Was that a... Oh, no. Sounded like it come from my house, Inspector. Uh, no, 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 I'm sure it didn't. Oh, my good God. What if there's a burglar, dear? Oh. What if someone's breaking into my house? Oh. Ah! Oh! They're definitely in my house, Inspector. Oh. I reckon there might be three of them, at least. Oh. What can I do, Inspector? What can I do? Little did I know, you see, but as I tirelessly stacked my piles of completed cards, and I didn't finish until 4 a.m., I was being stitched up like a proverbial kipper by the brilliant Mrs. Groynes. By the time I crawled into the office next morning, my dreams were, literally, being torn to pieces. Wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen Morning, dear. Uh, what, 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 what are you doing? You're tearing up my cards. I was up all night. Orders from on high, dear. Sorry. How are you getting on, Mrs. G? Oh, morning, Twitten. Now, I don't want any whining from you about this. Sir. Last night, thanks to good old-fashioned policing from myself, three men were caught in the act of breaking into Mrs. Groynes' house. No word of a lie, dear. That was quaking in my boots, dear. Three men? Why would it take three men? Luckily, sir? very little damage was done. Nothing was taken, and they ran off before I could catch them. But, uh, we saw who they were, mm. Twitten. 
The only reason they are not now in custody is that Mrs. Groins, out of the kindness of her heart, persuaded me not to pursue them. In fact, she's persuaded me to put the whole incident out of my mind. The thing was, dear, one of them was the sergeant. It's true. Brunswick was one of the men. Can you imagine? I was so shocked, dear. I was so shocked. Mm. That doesn't explain why you're tearing up the records, sir. Oh, please, stop, just for a minute. I don't understand. The point is, Twin, the point is, as Mrs. Groins very cleverly pointed out afterwards, had we arrived at the scene after the villains had fled, we would never have found them by using your records. Why not, sir? Because in all three cases, your records were useless. In the case of Vince... Vince was there doing a break-in, but he doesn't do break-ins. He's an embezzler. Precisely my point. You say he never does break-ins, yet there he was. Oh, sir, oh, no, oh, can't you see, sir? You say he always works alone, and so on. You say he only works in Camp Town. Then there was an unknown villain, a totally unknown villain. I'd certainly never seen him before, dear. (laughs) There you are, a total stranger. And in the case, as I say, of unknown villains, we have nothing on record, because they are, as I have mentioned, unknown. Oh, yes, sir, but that was all part. And in the case of Sergeant Brunswick... Oh, all right. All right, I give up. All right. Hmm. Had we arrived at the scene after the crime, we would have found the following. A broken skylight, the butt of a player's cigarette, evidence of weapons. Add to this that the robbery took place in the Clifton area, and all these facts would have pointed us to just one person, and one person only, according to your files. Chinese Jim. Jim. Whoever he is. Yes, the same Chinese Jim who Mrs. Groins informed me this morning became a Buddhist monk ten years ago. Oh, what a surprise. And who is currently on retreat in the Himalayas. So that was the end of that. After the horror of being found red-handed in Mrs. Groins' house, Sergeant Brunswick went even deeper undercover with the unknown villain. Now, listen carefully. I'm only going to say this once. Oh, God. And I was left with a dream. A dream of how policing might one day be done. Using brain and logic and scientific deduction instead of, let's face it, crass stupidity, gullibility and willful denial. Oh, Twitten. What is it now? It's still the map, Inspector. What about the map? Ah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I took the trouble to find the centre point of all the incidents indicated on your map. Oh, you did, sir. Gosh, I'm impressed, sir. And you know precisely where they all connect? Yes, sir. At Mrs. Groins's house, sir. Exactly. At Mrs. Groins's house. <laughs> Twitten, how much more proof do you need that this approach of yours is absolutely worthless? <laughs> In The Adventures of Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss, Inspector Steen was played by Michael Fenton Stevens, Brunswick, John Ram, Twitten, Matt Green, Mrs. Groins, Samantha Spiro, Unknown Villain, Adrian Bauer, BBC announcer and Diamond Tony, David Holt, and ventriloquist Vince, Ewan Bailey. The music was by Anthony May, the producer was Karen Rose. The Adventures of Inspector Steen was a sweet talk production for BBC Radio 4. And next week... He's off our map, see? This unknown villain. You mean in terms of his insanely violent behaviour towards policemen? No, dear. Well, what then? He's from the north, dear. Oh, no!